The scripture reading is from John chapter 6, verses 25 through 40. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Can we take a moment? Let's just pray again. Father, we are grateful for your word, and we ask that your Holy Spirit today would speak to our hearts. Amen. There are seven places in the Gospel of John where, as Jesus is teaching, he makes a statement that begins with the words, I am. He says things like, I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. I am the light of the world. So Christ uh, makes seven I am statements in John's gospel. And when you study these statements in their context, not only do you, you gain a deeper insight into who Jesus is, uh, the identity of Christ, you can also walk away with this kind of gripping sensation of the amazing things Jesus promises to do for those who trust in him. So we're going to take seven weeks and look at each of these I am sayings of Jesus and we'll start today with the first one, which is, in, is in found in John chapter 6, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread. Now, I'm, I'm going to suggest that we can see three things in this passage. We see here a confrontation, we see a declaration, and we see an invitation. So first, there's a confrontation. Let me, let me give you the context um, earlier in John chapter 6, at the beginning of this chapter, we read that 
a great crowd of people, thousands of people gathered to hear Jesus teach. And as the day wore on, these people who were listening to Christ, they began to get hungry. So Jesus fed them. He had five small loaves of bread, two little fish, and he took these and miraculously fed over 5,000 people. So in verse 12 of this chapter, uh, we read, they all had enough to eat. They were all satisfied. After this, Jesus and his disciples, they crossed to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, this huge lake that you find in Israel. Um, Not long after that, the people who had just heard Jesus, they also got into their boats and they also crossed the Sea of Galilee looking for Jesus. And that's where we pick up in today's passage. Verse 25 says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Now, the word rabbi means teacher. So when they address Jesus as rabbi, teacher, you can get the impression that what they're looking for is more teaching. They want the words of Christ to speak into their life, right? That's, that's what they're looking for. And this is where Jesus confronts them. Verse 26, he says, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed. In other words, you're not really looking for my spiritual power to work in your life. That's not what you're looking for. He says, you're looking for me because you ate the loaves and had your fill. It's like you might be calling me rabbi, teacher, but you don't really want teaching. You want bread. You want more bread. Now, what's wrong with bread? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with bread, right? But would would you agree with me that if what you're seeking, really seeking, the one thing you want in life is bread, would you admit that that you're you're seeking something that's really not going to satisfy you for very long? I mean, you can have toast for breakfast and you will be hungry again by lunchtime, right? It just, it kind of wears off. So Jesus says to them in verse 27, do not work for food that spoils, food that doesn't last. But he says, but work for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So there's the confrontation. It's a, it's a loving confrontation. I don't think Christ was shouting at them. He doesn't hate them. But here was, a, here was a bunch of people who outwardly appeared to be seeking Jesus, but in reality... They're looking for something else, aren't they? They're, just, they're, they're seeking what Christ calls food that spoils. I wonder what else Jesus might classify as food that spoils. In other words, uh, things that might bring temporary fulfillment to our lives, but it, it, it's not really going to last, won't bring us eternal joy. What, what would he list as food that spoils? Public approval? Professional success, financial security, physical pleasure. Now, listen, those things are not bad. There's nothing wrong with those those things, right, in their proper place. But if, if any of those things are the one thing that you are pursuing in life, you've got to be uh, admired by others, you've got to be, uh, your parents must be proud of you, you have to be a success in your career. I mean, if that's what's driving you, you know what Jesus would say? Here's how he would confront you. He would say, you are settling for far less than what you were created for, right? You, 
You were created for more than bread. The Bible tells us, guys, that each one of us, we were created for more than just to be um, a worker or just be a consumer or just be a taxpayer. You know what the Bible says about you? You were created in the image of the living God. In other words, you were designed for more than bread. Sometimes uh, people will come to this realization after he won after he won his third NFL championship, Tom Brady reportedly said, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal. I reached my dream. I've reached my life. But I keep thinking, God, there's got to be more than this. I wonder if you've ever felt that or said that to yourself after one more 60-hour week. There's got to be more than this. One more trip home from the, from the shopping mall. All these bags of new clothes. Nowhere to put them in the closet. There's got to be more than this. One more time trying to get someone to like you and worried that someone's mad at you and resolving this problem and you know, finally getting their approval. There's, there's got to be more. Have you ever just felt that? I think all of us, in our quiet, honest moments... So there must be more than bread. Why do we feel that? C.S. Lewis famously wrote this. He said, if, if, I, if I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And Christ here is saying, yes, that's true. You were, listen, you were created for eternity. So he confronts these people, frantically looking for one more meal. He says, do not work for food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life. So that's the confrontation. Then you'll notice there's a, there's a declaration. Um, you, you see here, even though Jesus tries to get them to stop thinking about bread, it's like they just can't get bread off their minds. He's like, can we talk about something other than bread? How about if we talk about God? And so you kind of see in the dialogue here, they, they say, okay, you, Jesus, you'd like to talk about God? Have you heard about that man of God named Moses? Did you hear what he did for them in the wilderness? He gave them bread. Bread from heaven to eat. Remember the manna? And they say to Christ, what sign can you give to us? What can you do? Can you do something maybe like Moses did? They can't stop thinking about bread. So how does Jesus respond? He makes a bold, radical declaration. He says, okay, you want to talk about bread? Verse 35, he says, I am the bread. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread. Now, what, what do you think Jesus meant by that? I am the bread. Here's what I think. I think he was saying that he and he alone is the one who can truly satisfy the deepest longing of the human soul. An Anglican bishop 150 years ago wrote these words. He said this, The soul of every human being is naturally starving and famishing because of sin. Christ is given by God the Father 
to be the satisfier, the reliever of our spiritual need. In him alone will empty souls find their needs supplied. In him there is life. I wonder if you've thought of Jesus that way before. The satisfier, the reliever of longing. The bread that fills us. That's, you know, that's, that's different than the impression a lot. The impression a lot of people have of Christianity is very different than that. So, sometimes people think that the Christian faith is all about what you need to do to satisfy God. What you must do to make God happy. Jesus says, no, no, no. I'm here to make you happy. I'm here to satisfy you. You're not the bread. Jesus says, I'm the bread. You're not the bread. I am. I have come to satisfy you. Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, he said, the son of man did not come to be served. But to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That's a listen, guys, that is astonishing, especially if you remember what the Bible says about who Jesus is. The book of Colossians says that Jesus Christ is the one, listen, through whom and for whom everything was created. Everything exists for Jesus. That's the whole reason anything exists is to bring glory to him. Every star, every galaxy, every planet, every mountain, every tree, every ocean, every river, every angel in heaven, every, every person in this world, it all exists for him. It's all for him. And isn't this crazy? He comes to you and says, I am here to fulfill you, to feed your hunger. If that doesn't make you tremble, I don't know what will. But that's, that's his declaration. First, there's this confrontation. People who are seeking the wrong thing, stop, will you please? That's not going to satisfy. And then this declaration. I'm the one you've always been seeking. It's me. I'm the bread. A confrontation, a declaration. And finally, there's an, an invitation. Again, verse 35, it, Jesus says this, I am the bread Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Would you agree with me that that, that, word, that word whoever, that is a big word, right? I mean, it's just like all inclusive. That's talking about 8 billion people on the planet right now. Whoever. And, and then Jesus repeats the word, verse 37. He says, all those the Father gives me will come to me and Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Whoever. So, so Christ is saying, listen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter um, how many times you've stumbled in the past. It doesn't even matter what you're still struggling with today. Je Jesus says, whoever comes to me will be welcomed. My arms are open wide. Come. Now, what I find amazing in this passage is that, that the people to whom Jesus spoke this, these words, these were not the world's most attractive people. I mean, they, they're a very superficial group. They're just, just kind of driven by their physical appetites. They're not speaking with very much sincerity. They're just using Jesus to meet their own needs. And he knows this about them. And yet he says, I'm inviting you. 
you, whoever, you are invited. Come to me. I will fill your deepest need. So the invitation, we could say, it is for anyone and everyone in the world. Whoever comes to me, Jesus says, I will never drive away. Now, at this point, we're, our, our minds are starting to spin and we're thinking, all right, there, there's got to be a catch. I know there's a catch. Maybe they didn't read the fine print for us. There must, be, there must be something we need to do to qualify for what Christ is offering. And that's, that's kind of the, the question they asked there in, in verse 28. It says they, they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires. There must be some works God requires. And notice, they, they use a plural word there, works, as if they're expecting whatever it is God's requiring of me. It must be a long laundry list of chores. I mean, one after another, all these works. And Jesus says, no, 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 not works, not plural, not more than one. Look what he says, verse 29. He says, the work, singular, the work of God is this. Believe. Trust. Believe in the one he has sent. Trust Jesus. You see, the problem for these people is um, they weren't trusting. They didn't believe in, in Jesus. Verse, verse 36, he says to them, you have seen me and still you do not believe. And I wonder, don't you wonder how strange those words must have sounded to them? What do you mean we, we don't believe? These are people that had just, they just climbed into their boats. They just rowed all the way across this huge lake just to find Jesus. And how dare you say we don't believe? Do you see how much effort we're putting into finding you? How much effort we're putting into following you? What do you mean we don't believe? Well, whatever he means, apparently, listen, apparently believing, believing and putting forth effort are not the same thing. They're very different. So what does it mean to believe in the one God has sent? What does it mean to to, to believe in Jesus. Well, listen, to run with the metaphor that he's giving us here, the metaphor of bread, I would say this. Believing in Jesus means trusting Jesus the way you would trust a piece of bread. What, is, what am I talking about? Let me ask you this. Have you, ever, have you ever gone to someone's house when they're making homemade bread? You ever smell bread? Baking in the oven, it's amazing. Let's, let's imagine that you're really, really hungry. You haven't had a bite to eat all day long. You go to someone's house, and they set before you a freshly baked loaf of homemade bread, and they say, this bread is for you. How would we know if you trust that bread to satisfy your hunger? If you look at it? Hmm? Or if you talk about it, you all describe the nutritional qualities of bread. Maybe you sing a song about it. You know, how much I love bread. You know, you sing about it. No, listen, the way we would know that you're trusting the bread to satisfy your hunger, we would see you eat it. In other words, you would, you would receive it into yourself. Make it part of you. And I think that with this metaphor, that's what Christ is teaching us. This is what it means to believe in him. Not just look at him, not just talk about him, not even come to church and sing about him. But in a deeply personal way, receive him. 
trust him to come into, enter into your life so that you and he become almost one together. Receive him into you. In John chapter 1, didn't John say that's what believing means? To all those who receive Jesus, who believe in his name, God gives the right to be called children of God. It's receiving him. So let me ask you a question. This is very personal. I just want you to think about it. Have you ever received Christ? Just invited him into you? You might say, Pastor, you know how hard I work around here. I'm on like five different committees and three different ministry teams. You know how, listen, I'm not asking you if you rode across the lake. I'm not asking about effort. These people put effort. They weren't believing. Have you eaten the bread? Have you, have you invited him into you? If you haven't, here's, here's some good news for you. I really believe if you've never received Christ this way, Today, Jesus, in a very loving way, is just speaking through me, inviting you. He's just saying to you, I'm, I'm, I've been standing here your whole life. You're running around looking for this, looking for that. You're still empty inside. I've been, the whole time I've been standing here, arms open wide. I will satisfy your deepest need. I will do that. Will you receive me? You see, the invitation is for you. And so... My prayer is that today, sometime before the sun sets today, you'll just get alone with Christ and say, come in, come in. Maybe even right now you'd say that. Now, many of us can think back in, in our life and we realize, no, I, I have come to receive Christ that way. I do know him. So let me just say to you, my brother, my sister, do you remember who Jesus is? He's the bread. He's the one who satisfies us. Not one more trip to the, to the you know, the, uh, the, the outlet malls. Not, not, one, not one more promotion at work. Not one, you know, one more series on Netflix and finally I'm good. No. Guys, we've got the bread already. Jesus, we have him. The one, listen, Christian, listen to me. Isn't it wonderful? You have the one the whole world is looking for. Will you let him satisfy you? Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for telling us that you are the one who will satisfy our deepest longings. I pray that your Holy Spirit will grant us faith to believe that and to receive everything you offer. Amen.